It's a long way home from here. I won't be back in a year. Cause all the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze, capture me again. And all the lies you tell someone else. And welcome back to another episode of Into the Wilderness, brought to you by Seawell Canada. I'm your host, Dan Lonergan. We are back. It's 2022. First episode back after a bit of a, a holiday uh, break. It was, I hope, you know, for, for you listening, it was uh, rejuvenating, relaxing as much as it could be. Obviously, we're still dealing with a lot of questions in the higher ed space and just in personal family stuff. You know, what should you be doing? What's what's kosher? What's not? Um, but what, however you, you took in the holidays, I hope that it, it gave you the rest that you need. And we're back in 2022, uh, back with new episodes, new topics, new guests, same old vibe that you've come to know from from this show, honest conversations about the world of work integrated learning, everything that goes with it. Um, as always, you know, our show, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite shows, website, constantly being updated, seawillcanada.ca, our YouTube channel, Seawill Canada. Uh, always has new content, new videos, both for practitioners in the will space and uh, employers and, and community partners as well. Um, today, I want to I want to pick up. We've had a series of of episodes with uh, featuring the Student Workplace Delivery Partners or SWIP Partners, one of our longstanding acronyms here at Seawill, and uh, gonna gonna join a, another SWIP Delivery Partner on this episode in the the trucking and logistics space. Uh, which right now is is quite prevalent if uh, if you're watching the news, if you're reading the media, that there's some stuff going on in the industry uh, that extends a bit beyond students. And we'll touch on it briefly here because I think it's very timely. Um, obviously, I'm speaking to, to co- comments from the federal government about a vaccine mandate for truck drivers, but they also recently have published some interesting information around job vacancies and a labor shortage in this industry. So I'm very excited to be joined by my guest today. She's the CEO of Trucking HR Canada, uh, driving change throughout the industry, leading the way when it comes to best practices in the sector. Uh, she's responsible for establishing and developing the Top Fleet Employers Program, which is a national program. It recognizes the importance of having sound HR policies and practices in trucking and logistics. Uh, Angela Splinter joins me today. Angela, welcome into the wilderness. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm uh, part of the first show of the year or kicking it off. Happy to well, be here. Yeah, we, you know, I, it was kind of when do we launch the first one? There were some different topics floating around and this one just seemed to to kind of fall out of the sky of, hey, like we hadn't done an episode with trucking HR yet and it was on my yeah. list and then this this news came out. Um, and I mean, I guess we, we can get to that off the top and then we'll dive into yeah. kind of more of the, the vacancies and the student related piece. So, yeah, big news out of the federal government that, you know, and, and off for the record, you know, we don't talk a ton about vaccine mandates. And, you know, I, I try to really not let COVID dominate these shows. It comes up, obviously, because we're talking about students and workplaces and things like that. Yeah. But. I think this is probably the first time we're actually going to talk specifically about something related to vaccinated or unvaccinated individuals, not from a political standpoint, but so comments come out, Canadian truck drivers going to have to be vaccinated if you're crossing the border. Okay. So that, that stirs up some, some emotions, some thoughts, some concerns, um, specifically around supply chain challenges. Yeah. And then over the last 24, 48 hours, it it was a thing, then it wasn't a thing, and now it is a thing, 
again. So, Angela, for, from your world in the trucking and logistics industry and, and from an HR perspective, like what are your thoughts here with this and the, the flip flop back and forth piece? Yeah, it has certainly been an interesting couple of days. Uh, been very confusing and frustrating for our industry just because they're trying to plan. Um, and it's been, you know, I have to say, um, this has been a contentious issue um, within our industry. Um, but because we all know uh, the shortage of drivers that we're experiencing. Our labor market information just came out the third quarter of 2021, uh, just shy of 23,000. This isn't an estimate or a projection. This is the actual vacancy rate. And it's very concerning, right? Because we need more drivers, not less. So that's the concern within the industry is we are going to lose drivers. Our industry is supportive of vaccine mandates. We're not against it. Um, I know these associations have come out saying that. Uh, we just know that in line with that the national statistic of the number of unvaccinated people our industry is not immune we have unvaccinated workers and when you look at the sheer number of truck drivers it's one of the largest occupational groupings in this country it is going to have an impact absolutely um and you know hopefully uh, those fleets that have those vaccinated drivers that have been planning uh, I think they will be able to respond better to this. What we're hearing from the associations and from the trucking companies, the impacts will be around. They will focus on their current client base. So if you are a company trying to move freight and you don't have some of those established relationships uh, to move your freight, you might be in more of a precarious position. Right. And that makes sense. And you can start to draw lines of how that's going to impact, like I said, supply chains and I mean, the, yeah. the the common one, I think that the majority of people uh, link it to is, is grocery, right? Like you go into a grocery yeah. store now and, and much like a year ago or, or, you know, the early onset of COVID shelves were bare. And, and whether I always I, I think like, is it different? Because initially it was that fear and I got to buy as much as I can because I don't know. But this time around, it does feel more of like the system starting to break a bit because of, of potentially things like this, um, where it's like there, there's a different reason as to why the shelves are bare this time around. And I know grocery is not the only example. It's just one that yeah. I like to to refer to. But yeah, construction materials, you know, everything we've started to see really be hit by this. And then you come back to the point that you made just about job vacancies, which are already becoming an issue. Does this, you know, amplify that? Um, it probably right and i think yeah. the uncertainty piece around it doesn't help or, or the the going back and forth um but yeah you mentioned you know so your recent publication came out from trucking hr you said yeah 23,000 vacancies across the country that was up about 20 percent from q2 um and you're also seeing like this lengthy time of of job postings being vacant like more than 90 days and these aren't like temporary jobs right these are full-time permanent jobs that are just sitting there exactly and it is concerning because with our analysis of the data this isn't an impact of just seasonal workers these are full-time permanent jobs it's very concerning um, for the whole supply chain and we support every other key sector you give a good example of grocery we support retail, we support agriculture, you've mentioned construction. All of these industries need our services. 
we're that linchpin. So it's very concerning. And I think, you know, when we talk about job vacancies, of course, it is a very um, staggering number. It's very concerning for when we start looking at economic recovery. I think something your listeners might be interested in as well is while we post our vacancies on truck drivers simply because it's that largest occupational grouping, the industry doesn't work without truck drivers. We're experiencing shortages just like every other sector is in all of these other occupations that we offer. So truck drivers represent 46% of our workforce. We employ almost 700,000 workers. So 46%, almost half, that means we have all of these other occupations. There's a whole other 54% of office support staff, administrative staff, logistics, dispatch, insurance, freight claims, you know, the list goes on. So there's a, I think there's um, often uh, a misperception of all of the career opportunities that our industry can offer. And especially right now, we want to support all of these other sectors, as I've mentioned, the economic opportunities that our industry has are significant. Right. And I know, you know, I've had conversations with some colleagues of yours at Trucking HR and, and our, you know, our partnership mm. with at Seawell in, in terms of getting information out. And we've had some sessions and that's always been my thing of, you know, if you just if you get hung up on a name. Right. So, OK, like Trucking HR, then yeah. then you you it leads one to assume this is just about trucking or truck driving. And that's kind of what they support. And it, that's not the case. Right. You, you make a very good point. And I think, you know, it's a good segue into okay so this is you know this is a show about work integrated learning we talk a lot about student talent engaging with it and and where there's challenges in the industry or where there's challenges in in programming um so yeah you've got you've got your SWIP program so federal dollars to be able to support employers in the trucking and logistics space to hire student talent whether that's on a co-op work term on an internship to do you know strategic projects whatever it might be and I, you, you bring up a really good point that there's, yeah, there's 50 plus percent of your industry that's not truck drivers. And and that's probably where I'd you know be willing to bet that if I'm a student in a program, I'm, I'm not looking at a co-op to be a truck driver. But exactly. as far as engaging in this space, um, there's a lot of opportunity there. Absolutely. We have a whole range of positions it's interesting logistics being you know part of that and and the broader supply chain what i'll add on that is when people look at our industry as you mentioned they think truck driving we're more than just moving goods from point a to point b and i take your point on just the name trucking i can give an example here our top fleet employer program so this is a program where we showcase those good employers right we we also know we have some image issues we need to address i think the sheer size of our industry um you know makes that a bit challenging for us but we do have solid reputable employers across the country in our top fleet employer program last year there were 70 employers in that only two of those companies have trucking in their name. So think of that as well. So I'll give an example out West, it's Sutco Transportation Services, Bison Transport, Challenger Motor Freight, J.D. Smith Supply Chain Solutions. They all are about transportation, warehousing, logistics. So all of those companies fall under our mandate and are companies that are hiring from supply chain programs. And in addition to some of those targeted programs, 
human resources, yeah. right? As one of the largest employers in the country, if you're studying human resources and we need human resource people, believe me, our, our, like other industries, the HR people are tapped out. But even around insurance and, you know, just dispatching, that's becoming more of a technology focused role. And we've seen even through the pandemic within our industry, the technologies moved ahead very quickly because they had to, really right? like touchless technologies, as an example. Um, root planners, right? Suddenly, you know, FedEx and Purelator, those root planning software, <laughs> that became really important because suddenly their deliveries have increased increased tenfold. We were Absolutely. all ordering goods online. There was that real shift. So yeah, just keeping an open mind to the broad range of companies out there and companies that support trucking companies. I can give an example there, Load Link Technologies. They're, they're a load board. They match empty trucks with available loads that right all of their clients are trucking companies or individuals what we call owner operators people that are uh, they own their own truck and they get their own contracts they're always able to get these loads and we're seeing a trend as well we know we need to get greener um our fleets the pressure is there we know that and we're committed to that but that means there's a whole other range of occupations we're looking at, whether it's data analytics, right? When we look at the short term, it's it's improving fuel consumption. Well, there is a whole range of jobs around that to help support companies. And we're seeing them take on some of these special projects. OK, so we're working with NRCAN on this or like looking at reducing their carbon emissions. They're, they're looking to have people help them with some of those special projects, or it could be helping them navigate how can we access some of these credits that are available because we are having an impact and there's a whole range of opportunities to help these fleets access those funds. Right. And I mean, you, you mentioned so many great examples of where both sides, I think institutions and, and practitioners in the will space and then on mm -hmm. the employer side can, you know, I, I say think outside the box, but really it's. Yes. It's, basic you know logic in the sense of you know these are these are businesses they operate much like every other they have a marketing department they have an hr department they have an analytics department um so there's a lot of different opportunity and i think you look at the industry in a whole and yeah the the things that jump off the page are about the vacancies that on specific yeah. truck drivers and then you know the vaccine thing comes out it, it it really continues to just focus in on one specific part which almost is half rightfully so yeah of the industry but from a student perspective and from a, a student talent of you know where where the industry might be going i think this is where where it excites me and, and it, it it engages that there's there's programs out there, there's you know academic programs colleges universities that are training students in mm -hmm. these fields and depending on the size of your organization or how big of an employer you are maybe you can engage in in multiple varieties of these so yeah you can take on yep. students for your hr department you can take on you know it or computer science students to build yep. some of these programs or to tweak them sustainability is a huge piece yep. or maybe you're smaller and, and you just start with one but it starts to kind of change the way that you operate and you mentioned the top fleet program and I, i'm glad you brought that up because i was hoping you would you would kind of dive into that a bit more and I don't think you're alone. You know, we've I had a previous episode um, with tourism HR candidates, very similar comments right around the the perception of the industry wanting to change it. And and I think this really does ring true from if, if it's a student looking at the industry and thinking, is this like, do I see a career in this space? 
I think knowing that those kind of initiatives and that those changes are, are being made do resonate and, and go a long way. And I don't know, you know, if, if that's part of the motive behind it, but uh, I, I really like, you know, what you've done with that program as far as trucking is concerned. Well, thanks for that. And we're really proud of that program. And it grows every year. It's really getting the employers on board too. And it's probably been one of the most practical programs that we have that enables us to showcase the great workplaces that we offer. I found it interesting um, at the top, you said there's been a lot of stuff happening within our industry over the last 24 to 48 hours. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, but you know, what's interesting is there's always stuff happening right. in our industry. We just aren't always on the front page or dominating social media, but there's always stuff. Um, you know, vaccine mandates, yes, that's one. Um, driver shortage, yes. We're, we're the largest federally regulated sector in right. Canada, and we're all always dealing with the Canada Labour Code and, and some of those changes. Now we're dealing with pay equity. There's always issues. Um, one of the issues I also want to bring up, too, that I think is important when we're talking about our industry is our need for more women in particular. Mm -hmm. um, like many other industries, you know, we struggle, but particularly with that perception of us being more that blue collar type work. Um, those are perennial perceptual issues that we continue to encounter, but there are so many economic opportunities for women, and we do have welcoming workplaces. Our National Women with Drive initiative, we bring women together. Like I, I'm so amazed. We have an event every year. We haven't had it in person, obviously, for two years now, unfortunately, right. but we bring over 200 women together, and the women love it. Uh, because they're able to connect with others in the industry, they build relationships, they can find mentors, like it's welcoming. And I really want to put that out there. If you're a woman out there considering our industry, there are great opportunities and the networks are there to support you. And and has that ever been something where you've looked at, you know, post-secondary institutions and done events uh, around that space or, or spoken at? different events specifically to engage more, you know, female students and, and women looking to enter, you know, pick any of the fields that we've talked about, but and then applying it specifically to trucking and logistics. Yeah, we've done some with uh, some colleges. It's been more around uh, the broader topic of diversity, equity and inclusion. Sure. Um, but certainly uh, and we do our best to keep getting out there and getting into programs that are that broader supply chain. Um, where we do see more women going into some of those roles, um, and we want to encourage that. And and I'm sure you know information on your website as far as uh, that that initiative, and and maybe it's you know something if if our members and if our listeners are thinking like oh that might be something that I'd like my institution to get engaged with, you know is there Absolutely. potential there? Yeah. Absolutely. We're here. We want to talk. Uh, we want to help you get your students working and we want to make that connection to our industry in any way that we can. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, and I mean, link, I'll, I'll put a link to the uh, to the website kind of in the episode description so that, you know, folks, if you're listening, you just click on it um, and it'll take you where you need to go. If if we come back to kind of the, the vacancies piece and, you know, obviously there's there's cause for it and, and reasons. But as far as, you know, when you look at it, what and I don't think trucking is 
I know I know trucking is not alone in the job shortage mm-hmm. crisis yeah. right now. I think pick an industry and we've I've talked about it on previous episodes with, you know, tourism as an example, the electrical sector. Um, it's it's becoming a widespread issue. So but honing in on, you know, your industry, trucking and logistics, what are some potential solutions here? Like where where do you see the switch flipping or or do you see it flip it? Like what's what would it what's it going to take? Yeah. Fair question. And, you know, what I will say first is I've been in this role for 10 years and there hasn't been a day we haven't talked about the driver shortage, right? It's just, I I call it the perennial driver shortage. It's never been improving. We're not making that progress. So yes, we need new approaches. And that's what I think we have to look at more of those innovative solutions. And I do think it's having those hard conversations. This is more than an image issue. It's more than perceptual issues. I think it's about work-life balance. We know that. I think instead of trying to, you know, keep doing the same approach, I think we need to take a serious look at the nature of long-haul truck driving. That work-life balance piece needs to change. We know um, compensation. It's a competitive wage. Uh, the average wage for a truck driver in particular is around $70,000 a year. But what we hear, particularly from new people coming into the industry, is that compensation needs to be more transparent. Yeah. I've often joked, when you're figuring out overtime for a truck driver, you need to be part mathematician. You know, I, I joke about it, but it's true. It's very complicated. So new entrants coming into our sector are looking for that transparency. So I think we need to do more work there. And it's a hybrid model, what we're hearing from some fleets. So the traditional model is paying by the mileage, whether by the mile or by the kilometer. And that makes sense to some of our more mature drivers. So you can keep paying them that way because that's what they're comfortable with. But the new entrants, like switching to an hourly wage is Right. It, it, the industry needs to move along. It's a trend. I see more of it happening and I think it, it has to happen. Um, it makes everything easier to calculate. And so when a driver knows when they're sitting waiting at the border, which starting tomorrow with the vaccine mandate, they're going to be sitting for a really long time that right. they're actually getting paid for that time. So we need to address compensation and we do need to address um, some other issues within the industry. We're not alone. It's It's yeah. a working environment that you know, we need to start looking at that. And as I mentioned, having those hard conversations. And I think, too, what we're going to see in the shorter term, probably sooner than we would have, um, you know, without the pandemic, is new technologies. I think that's going to move ahead even faster. I think it's accelerated that. Oh, I would agree. And I mean, I obviously pull from the the higher ed space, and we've seen that, right? Like, you, you look back now and think, I can't believe we did something a certain way and that it took you know it took something like this to to yeah. force some change but then you think like i would never go back to to doing that the way we used to do di- the way we used to do it so yeah you know, whether you, you know whether you want to call it a silver lining or at least a positive to take away from yeah exactly from this this thing that we've been going through it's like okay you know there's there's some changes that that are for the yeah. better here or that could lead to something that could make monumental change in an industry uh, that that will stay for the next, you know, 10, 20, 50 years, who knows. Um, but yeah, you mentioned, you know, obviously compensation, a, a big one, but I think a lot of HR research shows it's not the biggest, right? That's not the number yeah. one reason. And it'll take, that would, something like that will take time to change and yeah. to get, you know, 
companies across the board to switch their compensation models. But the work-life balance does always tend to at least now be one of the the top reasons of people yeah. either leaving leaving a role or choosing not to to pursue that career. And yeah, it's it's when you look at truck driving, that's tough. Like because if if you're yeah. on a delivery, well, you you can't just you know it's five o'clock. I'm going to turn around and go home. Like you're, yeah, you're on route. So yeah, what like what does that start to look like? How do you break it up? Um, I think I think when you start to tie in different compensation models into that, maybe it does start to change the the notion of work life balance a bit in a positive way. But yeah, not an easy not an easy fix. It's not like, you know, an office job where, OK, you can flex you can flex your hours or if you know, if you've got four four day work weeks, but you work 10 hours a day and say so it's not quite that easy, I'd imagine, in, in truck driving. Oh, you're you're exactly right. And we're at the point where we need to seriously look at how we make some of those changes. And those are fundamental changes to a way a business has been operating. And it does require more innovators, more of those disruptors to come in and, and help us push this change forward. Right. And that's I mean, again, for me, that's where I I come back to, you know, the opportunity for for student talent and some of those ideas you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's ideas out there that, that students yeah. have because they're the ones, you know, that they're the generation start driving this change and driving the narrative of, of what they want out of a career, or what they want out of a workplace. Um, and I've, I've done a lot of work in my previous role at an institution working with companies in, in HR and, and on organizational behavior projects, strategic projects. And it's it's very common to the stuff that you know we're talking about here. Those are the things that come up, but it's the students pitching the solutions and the potential workarounds or changes that could be made. Um, and I think you know when you look at Trucking HR Canada as an organization nationally to lead this narrative, there's a lot of opportunity there. But what I come back to is you know for all of these companies in that space, don't overlook the potential of student talent that that could help tweak some of these. Uh, practices or ecosystems or environments because you know they're the people that you're trying to bring into your industry they may have some ideas of of ways to potentially change it for the better absolutely you're you are exactly right and one example i can give there is one fleet brought on a communications person to help them navigate their social media they didn't know where to start and this young person the student came in and you know, set them up with a whole social media program. So now that's the top request that we got after that. Once that's shared, right? The industry is so uber competitive. Well, yeah. oh, they did that. Oh, okay. How can I learn from that? Well, get a student. So that's just one example, right? Something that is just second nature to to students um, isn't necessarily second nature to a transportation and logistics company. Absolutely. Yeah. Social media, I mean, for us, yeah, that was always the number one request from, you know, local nonprofits or small business. It's it's that one thing where everybody knows they need to do it, but they don't, then maybe they don't necessarily know how or how to do so efficiently because it can become just quite daunting of like, well, I have to do this every day. Like how many times a day? And, and for this generation and, and students, they just like, they've, they've grown up with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, for better or for worse. And I know there's a lot yeah. of negatives to social media and I'm not a, a massive user of it myself. I'm by yeah. no means 
you know, versed in, in good social media strategy, but I, I understand the importance and the role it has. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I really like that example. And I think, you know, if, if more people out there and listening, keep an open mind to, yeah, maybe I should be engaged with some, some student talent. And that, that's why I do really like, you know, what you're, what you're doing with the, the federal dollars and the SWIP programming, because it does enable employers to hire students that maybe yeah. because of financial burden, they couldn't in the past. It just didn't make yeah. sense. Um, and there's obviously there's limitations and, and parameters with the program that that aren't, you know, perfect, I'd say. But mm-hmm. it does really open up a lot of opportunities for some small and medium sized businesses to engage with student talent um, and get a significant chunk of of that compensation uh, reimbursed. So um I know we're we're still waiting on updates to to see the the I guess uh, recertification of the program and if it'll continue beyond kind of twenty March twenty twenty two. But as far as you know, what yeah, it should be. Yep. Yeah, cool. yeah. I think everybody's optimistic on that front. Yep. But um, yeah, no, Angela. I just wanted to thank you for taking the time uh, on on pretty short notice. I know kind of with everything going on, it was like, hey, like, can we? Can we jump on and, and do this uh, this episode? Just like I said, being quite timely, and um, I, I appreciate your insights and and the advice and and kind of thoughts you have given your your experience in this industry and your your role with Trucking HR Canada. Um, I, I commend you for the work that you're doing as far as trying to change uh, your industry in a positive way from an HR perspective. I think it's very impactful, um, and. And I hope that that folks, you know, if, if they're interested in learning more, like I said, check out the website, think about potentially getting engaged with either your SWIP program or any of the other initiatives and programs that you do. If you're an employer out there and, you know, trucking and logistics is your space, check it out because there's there's money to be had here. You can engage with student talent and you can, you know, drive some of those changes. So um, thanks for thanks for coming on this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Dan. And uh, with that, I just want to thank everybody for for listening. Again, welcome back 2022. We'll be back to our regular scheduled uh, weekly episodes. So uh, be sure to check it out every Tuesday, um, wherever you get your favorite shows. But with that, um, we'll, we'll sign off for today and we will see you next time. I won't be back in a year. All the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze Capture me again And all the lies you tell someone else Sure could use a friend